Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. I'd like to introduce Lauren, and is it, it's Greif, right? Thank you. Yes, it is. Lauren Greif. Welcome. Welcome to LinkedIn Live. I'm and, so excited. And I still, we don't, we still don't have an official name. Nicole, our marketing director is, let's, all right, Nicole, what is it? It was like, let's go LinkedIn Live with Jack Kelly, but we could start with that, but we'll that figure works. out something really cool. And we just started like yesterday or two days ago. I just did kind of the first one. Um, I can't remember what I talked about, so it can't, couldn't be that great. But for this one, it's going to be great. This one's going to be awesome. What I want to do for the people who are, are starting to listen and come aboard is to have a series of these LinkedIn Lives to really be very career focused. And this is going to be for people who you could be on a job search and a job hunt. You're looking around. You're in between roles, maybe worried about losing your job. But then also, it would be for people who are working, you know, happily employed, but just want to advance in their careers and need some help, some ideas, some guidance. And it could also be people who, it's no secret that you know, 2020 and even before that, I mean, the world is so different and it's hard to really get a grasp of what's happening. You know, get, you get inside your own little bubble and you really start like, what else is happening? Are there other great opportunities out there or great careers? Am I missing something? So I also want to bring to the table experts in different fields who can kind of shed light on, hey, what's going on? And speaking of the experts in the field for today, I'm really excited to have Lauren Greif, who, now would you, what would you define yourself as a career coach? Or maybe you could kind of say who you are or what you do. Yes. Yeah, so um, my name is Lauren Greif, and I am the founder and president of Portfolio Rocket. And Portfolio Rocket is um, a system. It's actually a repeatable and consistent a system that I've developed to help creatives and marketers, senior level, who are ready to untap opportunities in what's called the hidden job market. And that's where about 80 to 85% of the opportunities are that are not posted online. So let's, let's unpack a couple of these things. We, you know, I think most people will think, and you gotta bear with me, I don't mean to be rude if I look aside, but I have the chat open. So if people have questions, absolutely, I can see it. So, so yeah. I'm sorry. But, Not at all. So, I, so I guess there's a difference between a career coach and what you're doing. There is coaching involved and okay. full transparency. The reason why I don't go out and promote myself or, or advocate for myself as a coach is because number one, um, everybody's doing that. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a um, rule breaker and I don't necessarily want to be um, part of something that has a high level of saturation. And number two is I am built for results and so are my clients. So I want all of my clients or anybody else who could be listening to know that this is um, something that is a, a system that works regardless of what level you're at, um, although I do definitely work with senior levels, regardless of what your title is, regardless of COVID, regardless of where you um, want to move either within the same industry, vertical, 
or um, career path or, or whether you're interested in pivoting. Right, because I guess what happens, sometimes people specialize in one area and that's all they do, but you kind of take it across the board and try to help out whoever you can. And you bring up the hidden job market. It's interesting. I think a lot of people who are looking for all, they hear that and they're like, all right, what, what does that really mean? Like, how is it hidden? What's going on? Right. What, why am I not um, seeing it? Is this like, what's up? What, what is that? So maybe you could kind I'm of- like, like saying like, like, I'm a ninja, right? Like, like, like <laughs> yeah. people get so annoyed with, with these kind of like terms and the only- right, right. We, we need to have a reference point. So that's what it's currently called. And I'll make yeah. it really easy so that there's, we take all the air out of yeah. the balloon and, and uncomplicate this. Hidden job market essentially means jobs that are not posted online. That's the short answer. How you access it though, can be through one of at least four or five- Wait, wait, wait before we access it, and, and I don't mean to be rude, no, we why, why would it? why wouldn't they put out? There are certain reasons. Oh Gosh, you, you just been reading my mind. I just posted <laughs> today. So um, it is about, on average, about $4,000 to, to recruit in, if your company to go and recruit for that hire. And that's not only a lot of money times multiple, 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 but what's been proven and what the research says is that that candidate not only is costing more, but the time that it takes to make the hire is longer. So it's about 45 days if you go through traditional methods versus 29 days. And 29 days obviously is time and money. It's less time and money that's spent. It's also less time that people are moving away from their primary responsibilities to go through the interview process. In addition to the fact that it costs them less to do referral based and, and use the hidden job market and or you know moves quick, moves faster, it's more efficient and those, those candidates, those people who get employed, which is roughly about one out of three versus one in 10 um, are likelier to stay longer. So it's so, like- So it's a big like, part of it is, I just want to, so a big part of it is what you're saying is that, you know, one piece that's really, and I, I've seen this happen a lot as a recruiter, and I know you were a former recruiter too for a while as well, yeah. that if you go out to a recruiter, they're going to pay maybe 20, 25, 30% of, you know, the, the first year's salary for a candidate if, if they go outside to use the services of a recruiter. And if it's contingency, maybe 20, 25%. If it's a C-suite, it could be 30 or higher. So that's a lot of money, like you're pointing out. So it, it seems that companies may say, for what you're saying, Lauren, is that, hey, we rather do it ourselves. And then we also rather get, if we can, Get employee referrals because that's a good connection because you kind of know these people you kind of know their what they did in the past and there's a stickiness to it you're saying right that oh, they stay longer yeah that trust um really has a ripple down effect yeah you know they and 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 it's goodwill for everyone because chances are that person who did the referral is going to get an employee referral bonus so they're going to get compensated the clients or the the, the hiring managers are going to save time and money, less time away from the distractions that happen within the team, more productivity, more cohesion within their existing group. And they're going to get somebody who is likely going to be very happy and stay longer and less turnover is, is always better. Right. But you, you know, who's not happy with that? Who? 
Me, the recruiter, because what happens is this, what happens, this happens all the time. So here, here's a real life situation, right? I'll be, I'll work on some assignment and, you know, and, and a lot of times in recruiting, it's eat what you kill. So like, if you don't find the right person, you, you don't make anything, you spend all the time. So, you know, you'll have two or three, you're like, this happens Lauren, all the time. You'll have two or three finalists and then you get the call or email. Well, nowadays you get ghosted. So you might not even get the call or the email, but say, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, Lauren was really good. Jack Kelly was really good. But, you know, we had this referral and we're going with the referral. I'm like, oh, you're killing me. I've lived it too. Yeah. And I so empathize because it, it can be very maddening. I don't think anybody truly realizes, you know, they think that these can perfect candidates just show up out of thin air and it takes a lot of work to find the right. So candidate. it does, but it does show that it works, that it definitely. But I guess the next question, then the natural thing that, I, you know, people who are listening and now they listen, we will post it online also. So, if, you know, the time didn't work for them, they, they could they could watch this at their leisure. So the other thing, too, is what do you do? So like, OK, you know what? You're on the job boards. You, you're filling out these glitchy applications. They're going into the black hole of these corporations. You send resumes. You don't hear back. So you're like, all right. I remember hearing Lauren, you know, talk about the hidden job market. Sounds great. What do I do? How do you how do you negotiate it? So this is, um, you know, this is kind of one of those things. I think it sounds really simple, and it's it's actually a, 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 there's a lot more to it. Okay. So you know, I am I'm gonna throw it out there, right? The power of networking. Ooh, big shocker, surprise! Every article that you read, whether it's uh, Jack's articles, um, amazing on Forbes or anywhere else, they'll tell you the number one thing to do if you are looking for for a job now or sometime ever, is to build your network. And one of, the, one of the reasons why that's so important is if you consider all the time that's spent filling out job, online job applications, after they go into that black hole, essentially you, you, you have nothing to show for it other than maybe a lot of rejections. If you are going the opposite route and you're building, building your network, and I wanna put a caveat there, building your network, you'll always be building human capital. You'll always be building your professional capital, your personal capital, and it will it will never fail you um, if you if you do it well. But the question is, and of course, not everybody is like a big huge fan like with the pom poms going. Yeah, I love networking. I get that, <laughs> you know. Um, so for for that, you know, it does take some practice, and there are step by steps um, that you can take to start moving into what I call strategic networking. Um, and finding people that not only do you want to, not, not only, it's, it's not really what's about what it, what's in it for you, right? Like you don't go in and say, hey, you know, now we're networking and what job do you have for me? Or, or by the way, I saw this, you know, I saw this great posting and now I, you know, I want to apply for it. Can you walk my resume over to the hiring manager? It doesn't work like that. Um, this isn't, you know, what I sometimes call like your heavenly bellhop where you just, you know, ding on the bell and then all of a sudden your network just shows up for you. It is an investment. Um, it is a huge investment. Um, and I would say that it's also 10 times in the ROI if, if, if even um, that, that would be very conservative. So you need to take an approach that is you know, a, a longer term approach in terms of building those relationships. I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I'll use this as an example. I, I met you through the summit. I guess it was, it was Vincent's summit. Mm -hmm. When was that? April? 
It's so funny. Time loses its meaning now. It could be April. It could be. Okay. I have no idea. So this is the first time we've ever like talked. Right. Up. Right. No, this is the first yeah. time. So we did not. You know, this isn't. This yeah. Is right. And so um, what happened was here's a perfect example. Um, I saw your name. I saw that you were a speaker. I started following your content. Um, and then I started understanding the kinds of things that you talked about. And then I started commenting on your, on your posts pretty regularly, right? And not just posting like, yeah, great post, Jack. I'm talking about adding value, building on what was there, um, looking at the other people's comments, hopefully, hopefully adding something more of value there consistently, like pretty much every time that you were posting, right? After a while, you started seeing my name. And after a while, I wasn't necessarily a stranger anymore um, to the point where I could instant message you and be like, hey, Jack, you know, how's it going today? And then, you know, I was um, it just consistently, just consistently. And um, after, after there was some, I mean, it was, it was much more organic than this. It's not like a, you know, a bell went off and go, now I trust her or now I trust him. It was like we had developed some level of rapport and you so kindly featured me in a Forbes article. And that was, that was, was really generous. And it was really, I really appreciated that, but that would never have happened if, if there wasn't any rapport building in the beginning. And if, if we- That's such a great example. That's such a great example. So for the people listening, when, and, and you're going to strangle me, Lauren, Go ahead, I, I got, I got, I got messages that there was like a glitch on LinkedIn. So some of it may have cut off. So if you don't okay. mind, after I, after we say this, maybe we'll kind of just regroup yeah. for the people exactly. who, who, you know, were, you know, to bring them up to speed. So they feel like, all right, what did I come in the middle of? But what Lauren Greif, it's Greif, not grief, even though the spelling could, you know, yes, Lauren Greif, you know, is a career expert, uh, was a recruiter, worked in advertising for years and is really, um, helping out people find jobs, advance their careers, and has a, has a really great process to do it. And we started talking about one of the things she helps people out with is the hidden job market. And it's a, probably a term you got everybody hears, but you're like, what, what is that? It's like one of these corporate jargon. And Lauren, I think what we'll do is for this, <clears throat> for this podcast, I'll have like a no jargon rule, you know? It's like yeah. no buzzwords, no corporate buzzwords. Just, you know, you talk like normal yeah. human beings talk, right? In fact, just for that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna loosen my tie too. Because I, I figured, you know what? Everybody is now in this casual. I'm wearing my pajamas. I'm wearing my t-shirt. I'm gonna buck the trend. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna bring back old school. You know, even though it's pandemic. You know, I even have the pocket square. It doesn't show I know, up. No, you you went so, all. I like. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a contrarian. I'm gonna do that. But so with the hidden job market, what Lauren was saying, and this is where I think LinkedIn kind of gave a hiccup. Because these these LinkedIn lives are still kind of new and, and kind of wonky, I think. So with the hidden job market, it's really this that a lot of companies, they don't want to go through the money. They don't want to spend 20, 25% of the base annual salary in a recruiter. And my recruiter friends are gonna hate me because I'm I'm talking out of school. And there's a lot of costs involved. So oftentimes what they'll do. And it's maybe now you could pick up like the beginning stage of like what 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 are the reasons why they do that? They really to save money and, and sure, they, yeah. you know, um, having a pipeline of referral referred candidates, what that does is it is, um, 
you know, an inc incredible ROI. They, they save money. So, you know, if a candidate costs $4,000 to recruit, it's about $1,000 if they are. So a quarter of what the cost would be if they had an internal, in, internal referral. So number one, it's, it's a huge money saver. Number two, the likelihood that that candidate is going to get hired through the hiring process is about one in three versus one in 10. So the speed in which they're able to make the hire also increases. So that, that helps in terms of time and money and, and less distractions within the team, within the hiring manager, taking time away from their primary responsibilities to actually you know, do the interviewing, which can be very time consuming, especially if it's a complicated role, it can be very time consuming. Additionally, referred candidates are likelier to stay longer. Um, they are definitely, I mean, there's a, many, many studies, but usually um, a minimum of two years is the average. And, um, you know, transition turnover is, is usually a, a big challenge for companies because they lose that momentum in terms of the work process. And it also can create a high level of apathy within the team. You know, your bestie from work is now leaving mm -hmm. and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a, a, a great culture feeling. That's good. And, and for the people who are listening, if you have questions for Lauren, feel free to hit us up. We might save them for later, later but, you know, share with us. Um, and, and you pointed out what what's, makes so much sense is that to get in touch to, to hit, for the hidden job market, that you have to reach out to people. And it works. It really does. Because like, you know, as you were saying, hey, you know, you see maybe something I'm writing and you comment on it. And then I see something you're doing comment on it. Before you know it, we're doing this LinkedIn Live together. I've always seen that as a recruiter too. You know, the more people I would get in touch with and speak with, whether hire managers, HR people, it, it becomes a numbers game. Do, do, do you kind of really bond and connect with everybody? No, but you know what? If out of every 10, you're able to build a connection with two or three of them, that's pretty good because then you keep building and building and building and do that. Do, do, you, think, do you think too, given where things are going, a lot of cost cutting, a lot of hiring freezes, a lot of downsizing, that maybe kind of that employee referral, referral hidden job market is really gonna be even more important oh, the, to there, save money? There is no question, but you know, I just want to—I just want to stress: this isn't new. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't new. I didn't make it up. I didn't invent it. Well, take credit for it. Why not? Yeah, no, you, you invented it. Trademark it. It's not mine <laughs> at all. In fact, this is, this is what this is what has been um, always yeah. available. It's—it's it's not that it's new. It's—it's it's how much you decide to use it. Yeah. I think that the the so-called convenience of the job online job boards, whether it's, you know, Indeed or LinkedIn or any of those um, is, is painfully deceptive. It looks like the job is there. You know, it looks like we don't know if it's there, by the way, you know, there's no restriction. You know what, I, let's, this is a really good point. So maybe you can explain, because I think where you're going with this is that a lot of these jobs that are posted are, are fake jobs, like fake family. news, I guess, They're fake family. jobs, <laughs> yeah. Could you, could you talk about that in detail? Because oh, that, I got to tell you, you probably see this with your 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 you know, you know clients as well. Is that that's like such a pain point, so frustrating, right? Oh, it's maddening. So they're like, oh, I saw this job and I applied to it, and I haven't right. heard back in three months. 
and then you're like, well, did anything happen? Here's, here's the skinny, right? Okay. There are no rules and regulations anywhere, any place that says that you can't post a job. So you, if you want to, if I want to post a job right now, I don't need, I don't need to be credentialed. I don't need to validate it. I don't need to do anything. I could just, mm -hmm. I could, I could post a job, you know, before this, before this live is over. So the integrity of whoever's posting it, um, you know, I guess it's probably not the nicest thing to say is probably pretty low, right? They don't, they don't have to answer to anybody. Now, if you're uh, enterprise level or clearly, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500, you know, you can expect that those jobs are, are, are going to be real. But again, there's no guarantee. What that means is that when you as a candidate are looking at a job that is on a job board, one, you're not sure if it's, if it's real. Number two, you're not okay, sure. Is there, is there a way maybe you could like test it? Like how, like what would be a way you're looking at, right? Is it like a too good to be true job? Is it just the date when it was like any, anything they could look um, at? I mean, yes, you can always, I mean, you can always Google the company yeah. and see where they are. Do they have an address? Is that somebody's? Oh, I don't mean like a fake, I mean like, like you're looking and say like the average person, right? You're looking at it. You're like, this is a great job. This is awesome. It's perfect for me. But before they get too excited, like, is there tell signs that you would know that, all right, maybe it's. Right. Go on LinkedIn. Who works there? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what have they done? What's in the news? What, what, are, what are some, what are some recent activities that they, that they had, you know, and, and, and see what's happening with the company. Sometimes there's like, you know, maybe they just got an influx of money. That would tell me that they would be hired. That this is a real job. So then say, yeah. okay, that's a real there job. You go. Like that's that a good sense. indicator. Right. Um, you can see that, you know, there are other jobs that they're posting. Right. You know, there's some some reliance in numbers. Um, so I mean, definitely some some good sniff testing that you can exercise. But it's also important to understand from a candidate's perspective that they could be pipelining that role. That role that you see today may not be hiring, may be they, they may not be making any kind of decisions until who knows when. So for you, there's a sense of urgency. I see this position, I'm expecting something to happen, but you don't know if they're hiring for, you know, 2021 or, you know, first quarter, second quarter, there's no way of knowing. So part of it, part of it is, 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 you know, that they are just building up their candidate pool. Why would they just say that? That's what I don't understand. Like, let's say you and I are running JP Morgan or, or whatever company, right? And we want to pipeline, you know, I guess pipeline is just have resumes. What would you say pipeline meaning? Like having resumes? A pool, resume, talent. A pool, a pool of, talent. of talent. Okay. Talent on your bench, right? And so you want a pool of talent. But why? This is, this is what confuses me. I don't mean to be naive. But like, if we were running, wouldn't we just put a disc, like, a, like an asterisk, right? And say, hey, this job is not live right now. We anticipate a need. If you're interested, say, you know, send us the resume, but we may not get back to you for the foreseeable future. And then the job seeker would be like, oh, okay, I get it. That's cool. Yes. Like, am I, am I missing something? Like, why? No, that would be, that would be, you know, an example of, of stellar integrity to do that. And I have seen. Wait, wait, what's that? I've never heard that phrase before. That what? Stellar St integrity. Like, oh, stellar. Okay. 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 Stellar. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To do it, to actually do it. To, to, to do that. To to do. Do. Yeah. Yeah. To be transparent about that would be awesome. And I have seen some companies do that. However, right. however, I think that the, that the challenge is, is that then they may not get the sense of urgency to build the pool. 
because people people intuitively are going to go well you're not why should i why right, should right. i send you all my information well, you're not going to be busting a move until you know three months yeah it's a good point I, I think i probably would send it just why not you know what i mean planting a seed right but when you're a candidate your oh, urgency yeah. is always going to go to the place that you think is going to yeah. move move faster because it's that so frustrating for people when you see, especially when you see a job with a great company that you always want to work for. And you like, you look at your resume, you're looking at the, the, the ad, you look at your resume, you're like, this is like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is perfect. And then, and then like, you're on this high, this emotional high. And then, like you said, day goes by, week goes by, month, three months. And you're like, oh, I can't believe I fell for this. I was like catfished by this. Damn it. So it's, and it's such an easy, and this is why I think, job seekers, and I can understand it, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Like when I speak to people, we've started with recruiter. you know, we're doing this and we're just trying to help people find jobs, give them information, having all sorts of, you know, we meet up online to talk and commiserate. And the biggest thing I find is that people just feel so demoralized. It's just, it's like a steady drumbeat of negative news, you know, sending resumes, not hearing back, getting ghosted, not getting feedback, not getting constructive criticism, not knowing what's wrong. And, and it's it just, and then what happens, I notice, Lauren, I wonder if you see this too, is that when you go to interview, you don't feel your best and you come across your worst. So then you don't do well. And it's this like downward slope. Is, yes. there, is there anything you suggest to people who are going through it, like uh, what they should do? Like how, yes. how, how do they turn it around? Yes. This, yeah. is, this is this is my big like my biggest kind of pet peeve. I, I right, it's a big oh, thing, right? It really, really, really bothers me. Um, I'm going to share this expression of a friend of mine that that um, actually grew up in with very, very humble means, um, like like pretty poor actually. <laughs> and she would say that her her family would say, "We're too poor to buy cheap." <laughs> That's poor. And what that meant was, yeah. what that meant was, we need to buy things that have, uh, like, a long shelf life. Right. We want to make a, a great investment, so we don't have to repeat the same things over and over and over again. And that always stuck with me because I see this happening in the job market all the time. People, um, you know, essentially on the market for a very long period of time. And I'll, I'll define long as six months or more. Yeah. Okay. And after six months, that whatever resources you have, financial, emotional support, they're, they're gone. That money has been spent because every week and or two that you're not working is money you're losing. You as a candidate also start to wear thin. And I think that's what you're referring to. You know, it takes a beating, it takes a toll. And so you want to be able to show up with your with anybody, even if it's an informational interview. Nobody's gonna pass you on as a referral if you're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. You know, this is just like I'm just so beaten down. And that that is not an attraction. I'm just going to be honest. You know, it's like can take a toll. So in the same vein that real estate moves is more attractive when it's on the market for less period of time, so is the truth with candidates. Bite the bullet. Yeah. Pay now or pay later. Bite the bullet and get some help. What get can they do help. though? Like, but how? How? 
are, are there certain, I don't want to say hacks because that makes it sound too easy, but how can they turn that around? Mm -hmm. Well, How, how do they mean, talk themselves into it? Oh my goodness. You cannot talk yourself into it. You, you've got to have the gift of desperation. You've got to, you've got to be so miserable that you're ready to do something and you are, you are sick and tired of making either excuses or thinking that, you know, you're going to be able to solve this on your own. So and you're like old school. You're like, you know, you're like old school. You're like, you're like kick them in the pants and just get going. <laughs> you're hardcore. I want to say I'm not without empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not without empathy. Oh, I don't mean that. I, I've I don't. been there. I've been yeah. there myself, and I have tremendous empathy. But I'm also not a soother, you yeah. know, because because that is essentially uh, a way to co-sign on somebody's bullshit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wait, wait. All right, all right. Because I got to admit, right? So I grew up in this area, right? It was, it was Canarsie, Brooklyn, which is very low, lower socioeconomic neighborhood in area right like my parents friends they were like taxi drivers butchers whatever and you would never talk what i'm going to say now like i'm now into hey for the people we're talking about you got to work on your mindset and i'm not saying this ironically i really mean this like you know for those people and that's what i was i was thinking you were going to say like work on your mindset you know try to try to have a some mantras to get through it uh you know do things to de-stress and all that kind of stuff. But it's funny, but you're like, no, just, just, you just got it. Like the actions won't lie. Yeah. The actions won't lie. You know, I mean, it's, it, if you sit there and deliberate, I need to think about it. I need to think about it. There's a lot of time that gets spent that you could be moving in a closer direction to your, to where so you So there's want. no inward looking. There's no trying to change your mindset or doing yoga or do meditation. No, just, just. No disrespect. To, to, to <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all woo woo. Wait, that I, is not, I, I, got to, I do that. And that's what I'm saying. Like if where I grew up, if I said that I would get beaten up, like, what are you talking about? But I do find it works, this stuff. For it, sure. It does, it yeah. does work. It yeah. does work, but it's, it's also. Um, I'm even drinking my kombucha tea I here. Love, I have a whole fridge <laughs> over here. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, I just, I know from my own personal experience. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I've kind of, um, you know, as my kids would say, I'm not a green banana. Um, but what I mean by that is that I can spend a lot of time and energy justifying how and why it's not going to work for me. I can also justify why I spend money at Christmas time and, you know, have that money just to, to spend on something or a new pair of shoes. Cause I'm a little bit of a shoe person, you know, and, and justify it that way. But when it comes to making the investment in terms of something that is so vital for your health, wellness, financial wellness, all of that, um, I find that a lot of job seekers, they choke, they get afraid, they get afraid. And so I want to be respectful and not say, oh, you know, people don't have financial concerns. Of course they have financial concerns. And that's why you should be working. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the most important thing is to be, to be working in a place that you love so that you can have more to give everybody else, including your family and, and yourself. So, so really what you say, it's almost like, it's almost like, like the tough love thing where it's like, okay, you know what? You could spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out why this happened, why me feeling bad, but you know what? You've got to get to the point where you're saying, you know what? I, I just got to make it happen. 
There's no excuses. You know what? There's no turning back. I have to move forward. I have to you know, do whatever it takes to get that job and just somehow summon up that, you know, that, that strength, that courage, you know, to, to make it happen because otherwise you're going to lose time. You're going to lose time. And, um, I do see this often people that are people that are really active in their search have a level of desperation, not desperation in the job, desperation to get out of where they are now. They are not victims. They will not play that card. Yeah. Cause like, you know what? Cause there's so many people I see and you can tell, you just feel their energy. You feel their electricity. And it's just, it's, you could tell the desperation, you could tell the fear, you could tell the resentment, the anger, the bitterness. And then when they interview or they try to network, it, it just doesn't work. And that almost feeds into it to say, oh, see, I knew it's this. And, and they just, it's hard to get out of it. That, that's, that's, that's why I'm trying to, I was bringing it up to figure out because that to me is one of the worst, I think the things that just, it's self-sabotage almost. You know what I mean? Well, Where they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I also want to just um, make mention that, like, I don't say these things because um, I'm heartless and I don't feel apologetic at all. I just am here to be useful, and so I'm not gonna not, not gonna come on anybody's show and tell you like you know that that saying affirmations is yeah. the end of is the end of the the action line. <laughs> There's, I, and I, I don't mean to cast you in that light at all, no, please. No, no, no. I know. It's, so, it's so funny because I'm this buttoned up guy, right? Who's talking about, hey, this is, you got to, you got to kind of, let's say you got to decompress, you got to get your head together. You have to have the right mindset. And you're, you're like this chill looking hippie person. And you're just saying the opposite, which I find is incredibly funny and cool and, 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 and awesome that, you, you know, if someone had to look at our two pictures and say, who's going to be the one to say, Right, you, you look like a disciplinarian. Exactly, right. Who's going to say, hey, you know, come on, buck up, get out there. And who's going to say, hey, no, it's okay. You got to, you know, you got you to eat right. You got to exercise. You got to get your mind in the right position. You got to be healthy and all that. So, but I guess it also depends on the person, what works. Absolutely. You know? There's no one size fits all. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. And I have a lot of clients who are, super resistant about networking and the, the yes and writing right? yes they're like oh no are you asking me to do that why do you think that is so you know i think that there's clearly been a lot of bad rub on networking i think that there's a lot of kind of stigma attached to it yeah. like you're kind of elbowing your way through. <laughs> yeah. you know you're yeah. gonna step on this person's toes and yeah i don't want to ask anybody for favors or you know, I feel weird, you know, talking to this person. And of course, there's also a lot of um, discussion around this with respect to, you know, networking isn't about you and what, mm-hmm. you're, and what you want. It's about who you can help, how you can help them, how you can offer your network to this person. It really, it really isn't networking. It's really more like net giving yeah. um, where you're, you're doing something right by somebody else. And, you know, if you are into karma, because I am, you know, the karma train will come around when you, when you are networking, because it, it, it always does. And yeah. you'd be surprised. So, so, so you don't think it's, it's, it's fun to be like, hi, I'm Jack Kelly. Nice to meet you. Here's my uh, tag. <laughs> this is what I do. And that cheesy kind of way. What's, so what would be a good technique for somebody who is, let's say, who feels uncomfortable doing it, feels this kind of icky, 
but they know they have to do it. Like, are there some easy ways to kind of tap into it? Like the 101? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crack in, right? Like, yeah. how do you start doing this? Um, and I think that one of the, the one that I talked about with you, you know, be a lurker for a little bit. It's okay to be a lurker and to find out as much as you can with that person's content. I mean, they're putting it out there for you to see it. So mm -hmm. it's not like you're, you're, you're not a peeping Tom. You've right. been invited into that conversation. So you start to, to understand what are they talking about? What's important to them? Are they talking about pain points? Are they talking about what's happening in the news? Are they talking about their kids? Are they talking about, and, and ever so slowly start to add some value to it. Start to bring your, what you can offer to that conversation um, and consider it. You don't have to go overboard and rehearse it or anything like that. Don't get stressed out about it. Just find opportunities, little you know, cracks where you can actually insert something that that person might find valuable and useful and be consistent. Be consistent in doing that. Um, don't shy away if you don't hear back from them or feel like your feelings are hurt. None of that. It's just, it's just, you know, consistently offering and giving and it will come back. And actually it comes back like almost like a boomerang. It comes back pretty quickly. Um, but the other, the other thing that I, I, I also want to say is that as you develop a comfort level and start writing your own content, the content, just like networking is really not about you, the writer, although storytelling is great, no, no, no disrespect for that at all, but it's storytelling with the ability to impact somebody else or, or give away tips. People, my clients will say, oh, I hate writing content. I don't want to talk about me. And I'm like, that's the best news ever because you're not going to. <laughs> do, what, what should they write about? What do you think? To mm -hmm. just brand themselves as an expert in their field? So they should talk about something that's relevant. Mm -hmm. relevant to them and hopefully relevant to their industry and relevant to potential hiring managers, right? So if, you know, there could be so many ways and I actually have like a whole, um, almost like a spider web of how you can develop content ideas, but essentially it could be related to a quote or to music or to something that you like, and then you bring it and tie it into a particular topic. And there's lots and lots of ways, lots of amazing, amazing, you cannot find better content creators than you can, than if you spend a little time on LinkedIn. I mean, the examples that we have, and you know, it's incredible because every day it gets replenished. How do you feel about when, you know how you have that open to opportunity, open to work banners, or people who post more of these aspirational quotes and pictures? Do you think that's helpful, not helpful? Is that not really moving the ball forward? So as far as the green circle goes, yeah. not a fan. Not a fan <laughs> at all. Not okay. a fan. Um, it, 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 you know, mostly uh, passive candidates always are, even though it's, it's probably not a popular thing to say, um, are going to be more desirable. And you do not have to announce open to work. I'd rather you be found for the value that you have rather than attracting yourself by, by way of, you know, hey, I'm available. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really a big fan of that. And as far as the banners go, I, I believe it was um, one of my favorites, Kevin D. Turner, who talked about um, using your banner for a current company or something else that you've been doing because it not only 
helps the company get great recognition if you're if you are currently working at that company but also is a great way of telling people who are on the market or looking for you rather or you know in in the market recruiting for you um, that you know you could be very desirable hey, so uh, I'm with you on that like what what kind of bugs me a little bit with that open to work is that you'll see a lot of the same thing it'll be like Hey, COVID-19, I'm not working, help. And it's, I'm left thinking, well, how, how can I help you? What do you want to do next? What type of job? What do you do? What's your background? So it's almost as if I, I, there was really no thought put into it. And then, you know, putting my recruiter hat, I look at it. And if I'm kind of deciding, is this a person I want to get in touch with? It kind of goes down on the rankings because it's like, if they're not going to even try to say, okay, I'm a tax accountant in New Jersey and I want to find a tax, you know, accounting job with prudential insurance, because whatever. And I'm looking, I have 10 years experience. I'm looking for a VP role, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And if I'm a recruiter that handles that, I'm going to get in touch with it. But if I just say, hey, I'm out of work, help. I, I, I Like how, why, where? So I, I hear it's, it's, and that goes back to where, and I think this is a um, there's something that Andrew Seaman from Lehman uh, from uh, from uh, LinkedIn News yeah. wrote is that I, and I was really stunned when I saw it that such a large percentage of people don't network, they don't even tell people they're not working, and the things that you would take for granted they should be doing aren't doing, and then they wonder why they're not getting traction, which is which which it's 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 tough because then you're not going anywhere. And the hardest part, I think, really and truly the hardest part when you are not working and you are a job seeker or somebody who is, you know, trying to make that path is, is structuring your day effectively. Oh, so hard. How do you, you know say structuring, you meaning like, okay, your job is your second job. Your job is now, you're looking for a job as a job and here's what you got to do kind of thing. Yeah. How do you plan your day so that you're productive, not busy? Wait, can we go over that? But I want to bring up another point you raised, which is so interesting that I don't think people think of, like, I don't think a lot of people talk about this. When you were saying that the passive candidate is really more desirable, it's, I, I could tell you without any doubt as a recruiter for like doing this 25 years, it's a bizarre thing. If you have someone who's not like active or, or uh, a little hard to get or what, they, they want them more. But if you have somebody who is in between jobs, the they could be scenario. way better, but they're like, hmm, they're in between jobs. I don't know. And it's a weird psychology that takes place. It's the law of scarcity, right? We want what we don't have. It's and 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 somebody who is who is a passive candidate is probably also, based off of my experience, they have multiple things going on. They they they're not they're it's not like, you know, they're not jumping. They're they they have a lot of irons in the fire and that's usually the one that a client will want. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so much when, with a job search is like the things that are natural for you to go through, you know, you do it, but it hurts your causes. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's just, it's the worst thing to do and you end up doing it, which, which is rough. And sometimes it's out of your control. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you from your train of thought, but I just want to point it. Cause like that, that's, 
it's 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 not put out there, but it really is one of those things. It's almost, I guess, you know, I, I've been married for like a really long time, so I don't know how this world is, but it, I, I, it used to be basically, if you come across a little desperate or needy, you could be great, but the other person is be like, huh, there's something wrong. Like, what's up? Why is this person coming across? So, hmm, warning sign. It's very, it's very analogous to that, right? Completely. Yeah. Completely, yes. I completely agree. So you talk about like setting up a schedule. Mm -hmm. So that's an important thing when you deal with people, right? Absolutely. So um, part of part of what my my program offers is a structure. And if you are following that, um, you will be very productive because it's easy, whether you want to call it bright, shiny object syndrome, or it's just you get just stuck in a rabbit hole in one place. Um, to really, really get easily distracted because it's it's hard work. Um, it's definitely hard work, and a lot of time it's not like fun work. Um, so really, really agreeing to that structure is very important. I also strongly, strongly recommend that as much time as you are spending networking or job searching or whatever, you must. And here's where it comes in: you must have balance, right? You must work out. You must. You get enough sleep, all of those things that sound very trite and, and and you know so much of a given, but it will it will definitely it will definitely be a game changer if you do and if you don't. It, it, do you suggest that like is there a time where you have to just say, hey, you know this isn't working, and I gotta maybe pivot, maybe reinvent myself, maybe just, I don't know, plan B. A job seeker that isn't, isn't making a lot of traction. Yeah, after like six, seven months, would have, you know, like, all right, what do we do now? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, cut bait and, and, and do something about it. Whatever, you, whatever you're resisting, go do it. <laughs> whatever you're, whatever is resist, you're resistant to, that's actually where you should be going. So if you're afraid, for whatever reasons to start networking, go network. If you are afraid to go spend the money on a coach, go spend the money and get the help that you need so you can get where you need to go. If you're afraid to, you know, um, apply for jobs that you're not, you know, that that are outside of your scope and in, in terms of, you know, an industry or something that you might want to try, but you've just been holding yourself back out of fear, bust through it. You know, don't don't let that whatever that wall is keep you from that goal, because it's again, it's only it's only hurting you. It's probably only hurting your family, too, because if you're anything like me, if I, I, I'm not a day at the beach if I'm not working. Yeah, that's good advice. But what happens? Do you maybe even coach people like if after a while it's maybe let's say you're in the restaurant business or the hospitality and it's really beaten up so bad to say maybe maybe you just have to do something different. Oh, absolutely. Start all over again. You have to look at the trend. Yeah. You, cannot, you cannot be an ostrich. I mean, you have to look at the trends. You have to see, I have a couple of clients who have been, who are, who are currently either unemployed from being in sports and events, um, hospitality, promotions, things that obviously required live audiences. And there's a lot, a lot of transferable skills there a ton of transferable skills is, is it but is it is it can you really do it is it is it yes you can i know yeah absolutely do it 
You can absolutely do it. I've seen it. I've seen it many, many times. You can do it. You have to be, you have to understand how to, how yeah. to use that transferable skill set in order to pivot and why the way that you are able to br bring value doesn't matter what industry you're, you're in. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of a challenge because there are some biases against people that come outside of industries, depending on which one it is. I mean, you're not going to break into tech if you've never worked in tech before without having some kind of a plan. You think you're gonna have to trade off in terms of compensation, title, all that sometimes, stuff? Yeah. Sometimes, um, again, it, it really it really depends. I think there, there's always some level of trade off whenever you are making a, a, some kind of job. Maybe you know your commute is longer if if you have a commute. Um, maybe you are you know making some compensation or sacrifices because you're not eligible to get the full vacation time right when you start. Um, so yeah, there may be some, some areas, but you know, it's about picking and choosing the things that really matter to you to make sure you cover off in those, those bigger, those bigger mandates, um, that fit your lifestyle. That's great. Let me do this. Cause we have some, a bunch of questions that were adding up. So if it's okay with you, can I, can I run by just a few of them real quick? Cause I can't believe it. We've been talking for a, a while now. So this is, no, we covered a lot of ground. Awesome. So, well, this is more of a comment. This is Hannah Morgan was saying, oh, and by the way, the, Hi, person, the person who's sending the comments is Christine, yes. our COO, and it's her birthday today. So yeah, so it's a big day. It is. Big, exciting day. But you yeah. know what? It sucks with COVID. It's hard. What do you, you can't really do too much. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. So, okay. So Hannah Morgan was basically referring back to when you were talking about the referrals and they tend to uh, last longer in the job search according to ey research and so thank you hannah and well we had lauren research who who knew that so we didn't need you know a big four accounting firm to tell us that when we had you kind of knowing that although I, as i mentioned as a recruiter i would get beat out by those you know employee referrals now, how much are they paid like for a while can i tell you because in my area for a while it's like blazing hot i was placing these you know place these people called compliance officers these are like lawyers risk people audit people and with all the scandals and issues they were highly in demand so the companies would pay five thousand more you know depending for the referral and average, some 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 referral bonus to yeah. employees is about twenty five hundred dollars that's pretty good that's pretty good Right, considering all you're doing is like hooking up a friend or someone you know, right? Win, win, right? You know, your friend gets a job, you get a bonus, and the the company gets an awesome hire. It's the it's the hat trick. And that's and that's and that you're seeing that a lot now, right? I am seeing it a lot. So if you see it a lot, right, and it happens, this goes back to your point earlier. Then it just makes so much sense to really put a lot of effort into finding the people at those companies that you wanna work for and who you know or who you know that knows someone there to do it. Because especially if you find out, now I wonder, let me, I'm just thinking out loud with you. Is there a way you could find companies that do offer it? Because then in a way you have a better shot as a job seeker. If you know, let's say in my, my world, I do you know more like investment banking and hedge funds and private equity, those folks. So let's say you know Morgan Stanley it gives you know, a $4,000 bonus. I have no idea if they do or not. So Morgan Stanley, I don't want to get you in trouble and everyone's going to start asking money from you guys. But if let's say that's the case, why wouldn't a job seeker go find whoever they know? And let's say you're Morgan Stanley and go to you, hey, Lauren, 
I know this is for about, you know, thing. I do happen to have the right skills and background. Can you take yeah, my resume? It's a great hidden market strategy. Right? Isn't that oh, like I the best employee referral programs, right? That's an easy thing to find out. And then go address those folks in your job search because you already know that they are that they are bought in. This is how they do business. I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna see like if I could find out we about are. that. Like like what companies do and how much because the more like the more you're talking about it to me, it seems one of the biggest like no brainers how to hack this whole thing. Because if you find it, who wouldn't at a company want to say? No, I don't want to refer you. I don't want to get a referral bonus, and I don't want to help somebody. I mean, I mean, could there be sure? But I think if you speak to ten people, at least four of them would say, "Huh, I get to help somebody, and Lauren's a nice person, and she is right for the role, so no one's gonna get mad at me, right. and I'm gonna get a couple grand." But that's not the way to break into the conversation. You know? <laughs> no, is that a little crass? Don't with that. Just- <laughs> is that a little crass to do? Okay, all right. So, all right, yeah. So don't do that. I'll make it up for people. Don't. So don't lead in saying, hey, I, I understand you can make a few thousand dollars. So get me in front of the right person. And plus, I'll give you a few dollars out of my pocket. That's probably not. Don't do that. Okay. All right. Don't do that, guys. That's not good. Um, so um, Chris Lewis was saying that uh, asking for assistance and, you know, I have my contacts in. I can't really see what the, the lights in my eyes because that basically, what do you do, I'll paraphrase this, what do you do when you're kind of prejudiced against because you're in between jobs? You know, is there a way? There's a stigma because you're unemployed. Yeah, Yeah, that they feel stigma. Is there anything like you can do? And she didn't, Chris didn't ask this, but like, and this is not our Chris, this is another Chris. I I think this is a we meet up Chris person. So. like maybe she didn't ask this, but maybe like a bridge job or maybe you do some, you say, hey, I'm doing volunteering. Do you have some suggestions? So um, I just want to make sure, is this person, there's, is not, is not currently working, is not in some kind of um, transitional opportunity, whether it be, uh, uh, they're just in between, right? They're in between and they feel that hiring managers will hold that against her because she's in between. And they might, and so I don't want to. I don't want to say that that's that that's not a real thing. What I would say is they're going to be looking at how you are spending your time. Yeah. So, and there's been a lot of research about this too. Pick up a volunteer position. You know, find ways to use the time productively because if you're using COVID or downtime productively, I think there's a pretty logical assumption that when you are an employee there and you have downtime, you will also use that productively. So find ways to be building your, your knowledge bank, pick up a new skill. Um, I'll just throw a plug in for, for um, my son when he wasn't working yet in New York, um, he, was, he started learning Spanish because he had the time. He's like, you know, at the end of six months, maybe I'll learn a little bit more Spanish. I was like, okay. You know, I mean, I think that there are lots and lots of things that you can do to not only fill the time productively, but also give yourself a lot of, it, it will feel good because obviously there's a lot of dignity in, in continued learning and continued growing. And, um, and, and, and that's going to shine more so than anything that will, in, in many cases, overcome 
some of the fear or some of the perceived stigma that's there. Yeah, I, I agree with you because what I would what I would tell people too is that you want to have something there because you, you kind of get that there is that preconceived notion why I, I I had I had clients at really prestigious companies. If you had someone who was in between roles, they were just like, why that person? Huh? Why did they get downside, not someone else? And they wouldn't even look at them. They just wouldn't even interview them. And the irony is a couple of them lost their jobs and then they had to go. And I wonder what happened when they were in between jobs, how they were treated, but that's a separate thing. But yeah, so it is a thing. So, but what I would suggest, what I would suggest to people is that you want to put something on there, like you're saying, it could be like your son learned Spanish. It could be doing volunteer work. It could be you're writing the great American novel. It could be you're doing what, but I think, I think it does, it serves a couple of purposes because you have something on there. Number one, it just keeps you mentally busy, but also you have something to talk about in the interview. So let's say you're, you're doing some really interesting um, volunteer work. You know, you could say, well, you know, I was downsized for what it blah, blah, blah. I'm actively looking. However, I'm using this opportunity to really give back because despite the fact I lost my job, I feel very fortunate. I've done very well in my career. And so what I'm doing is, and you fill in the blank what you're doing. So for a hiring manager, what else can they say? But like, oh, okay, that sounds really good. You That's know? awesome. Like, right? I love the fact that this person like took right? some really positive action. Yeah. Beautiful. So I think, Chris, what I would suggest, yeah, find, find to do things that are productive, that keep you mentally stimulated, but also keep in mind, if you're going for an interview, that you could say something where the interview is going to be, oh, and then it pivots it away from the not working because now you went on the subject of what you're doing now, and then you can go on the subject of just getting back to the interview and why you're here. So Please. it kind of covers a lot of ground. I have, I have another, another question. I'll give you one last question. Um, sure. What they're asking is that, do you, do, do, should people take if it's, you, you know, some people, if you're looking for two, three, four, five, six months and you're, you're running through your money and all that, do you kind of suck it up and you bartend or work at Walmart to get some, some you know, health benefits? Is there a time where, you just say, hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. I just got to do this in-between job just to get through. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say, yes. I mean, I like to make the distinction and delineate between people who are in a job and people who are making career moves. So it is um, a wonderful thing to be able to take a job, even if it's not your career move, right? As an as a interim step, you'll meet people, you'll earn some money, you'll get out of the house, hopefully. Right, right, right. You all need to do. And, and it, will, it will expand on an experience. I don't see any downside in that whatsoever. And um, you know, truth be told, I, I've done all those crazy things too. And, and I'm grateful for it because I think it does build tremendous character. And going back to our earlier point, that says a lot about you as a candidate, right? You swallowed a little bit of, of your pride, maybe ate a little bit of crow, but you did something about it. Um, and, you know, of course, that doesn't mean take your foot off the gas on, on your career moves, but it, it does mean that, that it speaks volumes. That's great. That's great advice. Um, any, 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 
I, I can't believe we've been talking about an hour. So I don't, I think, I think I don't want to keep people too long. And uh, the LinkedIn people say, stop, Jack, you just hog it up all the bandwidth here. So any, any last minute, any, any last things that, you know, for people who either are actively looking, passively looking, worry about their career, any other sage advice, you know, so that. I'm going to throw this in there because I, I do think it's, um, a great secret, secret weapon, although a lot of people have been talking about it too on LinkedIn this week, is understanding your why. Mm -hmm. If you know what your why is, um, that can be like self-propulsion because if you know what it is that you want to do, um, and even if you don't know right yet, but you know some elements to that, and if you don't, go watch the Simon Sinek, you know, find your why, that's always a great place to start. But when you have that why, it is, it is like, um, it's like you got to do it in the middle of the night, right? And a lot of people are looking for that. What is my why? Why do I do what I do? Why will I do it even if I wasn't getting paid for it? Why would I do this, you know, in the best of times and the worst of times? And when you are able to identify that, it is propulsion and horsepower that, that is tireless. And I hope that for everyone. I so really that's really, that's a really great way to end it and bring it up because that's powerful because you do need something. To, and this even goes back to what we were talking about is when you feel dejected and down, how do you deal with it? That's a good way. That's a really good answer to that too, to find your purpose, your why, the meaning for what you're doing. So you can just go through any hardship that you have to endure. That, that's great. Well, thank you. So if people wanted to find you, where can they, where can they, where can they locate I live you? on LinkedIn. I live there with you and <laughs> all, all the other wonderful people on LinkedIn. So uh, Lauren Greif, uh, it's uh, L-O-R-E-N-G-R-E-I-F-F -F for anybody who um, understands the Austrian, <laughs> Austrian way of pronunciation. And my company is Portfolio Rocket. And so I'm there. Uh, day in and day out. I love it there. And all the people that I've met, it's just been the greatest thing on earth. And um, anybody who's job seeking, I just want you to know you, you are my heroes. You are my sheroes and my heroes. And I, I wish all good things to you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R.io. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.